Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Thursday morning. So the Kansas City Royals on paper have spent a lot of money in the free agency, which is good. I love it. St. Louis Cardinals, not spending money, but there is a former Cardinal that's uh, made a new home for himself. He has indeed, and this is Jack Flaherty, our old buddy from the Springfield Cardinals and the St. Louis Cardinals, who got traded over to the Baltimore Orioles in August on the trade deadline. Well, the Baltimore Orioles had a great year. Their American League playoff team had over 100 victories, but apparently Flaherty did not impress them all that much with a one-win, three-loss record, so they didn't try to re-sign him. So instead, Jack Flaherty goes to the Detroit Tigers for one year, a $14 million contract with incentives. Well, we all knew what Flaherty could do down here. He was a flamethrower, blew away a lot of batters. In Memphis, he was okay. And with the St. Louis Cardinals, he had one pretty good year and then a couple of not-so-pretty good years. I wouldn't call them poor, but they were injury-prone. And, and injury-prone, very yeah. much injury-prone. Had surgery, but uh, mediocre, I guess is the best way to put it. Cardinals decided that he was expendable on trade deadline last year and sent him over to the Baltimore Orioles and got the pretty good pitcher, Drew Rahm, who figures into the Cardinals' mix this year. But he didn't impress. He being Flaherty didn't impress the Orioles at all. So now wearing the Detroit Tigers uniform, and he'll be in Kansas City a couple times this year. Well, well, well. It's uh, interesting to see all these guys moving around, and the winner of the Minor League Player of the Year is... It's really very impressive. It's Jackson Holiday. Jackson Holiday is Matt Holiday's uh, eldest son. Last year, he made a lot of... Well, actually, two years ago, when he signed with the Baltimore Orioles, he signed for over $8.5 million, which is a record. How good is he? Last year, as a minor leaguer, he played low A, high A, class 2, class 3, all those divisions in one year, and excelled at all of them. He figures to play for the Baltimore Orioles this year. Really, really good. He's only, what, 19, 20, somewhere around there, 20 years old. And this kid does everything. Hits for power, plays defense like it's not been played before, and he carries that Holiday name yeah, with great pride. So indeed, the answer is Jackson Holiday, a two-year, well, two, signed two years ago for eight million bucks, and he'll get a lot of money during his career. Last but not least, your thoughts on a baseball writer's calling the recent signing of a young star the most important in Dodgers history. <laughs> You talk about hyperbole. Where does this alleged sports writer come from? He, he, now, I'm going to tell you his name, but he writes for the Fox Sports Group. My God, the greatest in history? Son, have you ever heard of Jackie Robinson? Does that mean anything to you? Or maybe Duke Snyder or Don Newcomb or, Sa- or a- any one of them, Junior uh, Gilliam? Obviously, he has not heard any of those He's names. probably 10 years I, old. That's what I'm who? saying. He probably is like, who? Robinson who? God bless my soul. Now, Otani's a good player. There's no question about that. But, hey, Fernando Valenzuela, all these names that are in the Dodger lore and the Dodger Hall of Fame, and this is their greatest signing ever? He's an important signing, no question about that. He's a fine player. But come on, where are your writing skills if you have any? Thank you.
<laughs> College is thought to be the number one on signing day yesterday. Actually, they're number two, and yesterday is the early signing period. That's a little misleading to fans. NCAA installed that about oh, five, six, seven years ago. This is the early three-day signing period. You have three days to get it done. The deadline will be tomorrow, the 22nd. And then the main signing period comes up in February. But many of them committed yesterday. Alabama, what a surprise. And Nebraska, how about this? Here come the Huskers. Alabama and Nebraska are thought to have the top recruiting teams. they got many of the big names in, in prep football across the country added to by the transfer portal. There's the key. Even though these players have signed and will, are committed for one year, they can, they can transfer after a year. So what necessarily looks good now doesn't necessarily have to be the case. But the rich get richer. Alabama and Nebraska considered to be the number one. Missouri State also had some. We'll talk about them. Coming yeah, up. who'd they pick up? They picked up 13 new players. And uh, th- this is pretty good. They went for, and it's, uh, of the 13 new players, they went for the offensive line and some speed at receivers. The offensive line, they couple, uh, got a couple. One was from Lee Summit North, who weighs in at a cool 300 pounds. The other was a kid from Marquette up in St. Louis. That's in the Freeport area, I believe, but wh- wherever. It's another big lineman, and that's what the Bears need. They need some speed and size on that offensive line. That's where they have faltered just a little bit. And, Mike, when you take a look at next year's schedule that Ryan Beard faces, you have <laughs> you have two teams on there at the start and the end of the year who are potential national champions. The, uh, the national championship game is coming up on January the uh, 7th down in Frisco, Texas. South Dakota State is the defending national champion. Their opponent is Montana. The Bears open with Montana mm. and close with South Dakota State. You better have some players out there. These guys are good. You like any of these guys? Uh, they, have you heard anything? I mean, anything like that standing out? Well, the high school team at, at Liberty, mm-hmm. I, I beg your pardon, Lee Summit North, uh, where the big 300-pound offensive lineman came from, they're, they're a state-caliber football team. So, yeah, uh, they're pretty good. But, again, how good? They've flown under the radar of some of the Division One teams. So they're coming down here to 1AA. And some of those guys, you have to understand how they think. They're going to hone their skills down here and then hit the transfer portal. That's the way things work these days. I don't think it's right, but hey, it it's is almost it become is. like a, a minor league it, it, system. Not, almost, D2 to, it is yeah, a minor league. Yeah. Look, these players are being paid. <laughs> you're seeing, you're <laughs> seeing it right in front of you. Last but not least, the Lady Bears were on the court yesterday. How'd they do? Won by a razor's edge. Played Brigham Young. This is a, a Lady Bears classic. It's a two-day event that, that concludes today. Played Brigham Young and won 56-55 to 55 in an absolute dandy. The game was, I thought, headed for overtime, but the one Brigham Young player had two foul shots with one second to go. Missed the first one, made the second one. But the fact is that the Lady Bears came from behind to win it. Brigham Young's pretty good. They are now a Big 12 conference team. They play all the Big 12 teams. Iowa State and Kansas and Kansas State and Oklahoma and people like that. Uh, it all changes again next year except for BYU. But, hey, they were, they were pretty good. And now today the Lady Bears will face Western Kentucky. And that game over at the, uh, the Great Southern Bank Arena. And it will be late in the afternoon. Ned, you have a wonderful Thursday, and I will see you on Friday. Yes, sir.